the optimal life. So, Chuck, tell me your definition. What does it mean to be rich? To be rich is to have not only fulfillment in your life where actually you are feeling compelled by your values and the things that aspire you to live life at the fullest level every single day. But there's also a science to it as well. And that is the science of success, which is when we start to postulate for ourselves in body, mind, and spirit, what gives us the most epic lifestyle possible? That is what I look at as a successful life. So if somebody's rich financially, but they're broke spiritually or emotionally, can they be considered rich in, in totality? My hallucination would be is that they are thriving in one area of their life and floundering in the others. There's a, a concept about a rising tide raises all ships. So if you are tethered or anchored, so to speak, where your line is so tight that spirituality, uh, I'll, I'll even use health and vitality, and in your relationships and in your love language, you are tied down, but you may be thriving like a, a remarkably insane, successful person financially from a fiduciary standpoint, then you're going to start finding that in those other areas of your life, although you may be rising financially, that in those other arenas that you're actually sinking those vessels. And so, again, when we start to look at the continuity, there's this misnomer, work-life balance. I don't believe in that concept. I actually believe that we are intent in finding a, in, I'll say, a cognitive imbalance that allows us to gain momentum, and that is based on your why. It's not based on goals and outcomes because the brain actually has a tendency to judge outcomes, and it gives it positive, negative, pass, or fail. If you don't hit that goal 100% every single time, the brain's default mechanism is that you fail. On the journey, though, when we're starting to look at how we need to feel most often, the why that's attached to it, the emotions, the feeling, boy, there's all different ways. There's all different directions that we go to actually experience those whys. Well, the brain doesn't judge the direction. It measures. And that's beautiful because now, and it's not wrong or right, we can actually measure the direction we're going in. And you can only change what you can measure. And you can only measure what's moving. So this actually starts to create this wonderful cognitive imbalance, but it's on purpose. Mm. Dig into that a little bit because I'm not making the connection. You made a comment about the work-life balance you find to be a misnomer. Dig into sure. that a little bit more. What, what exactly does that mean? What do you mean? So think of a, so think of a teeter-totter as an example. There's a fulcrum in the middle, and most people are trying to find the balance between work on one end of the teeter-totter and life on the other. So if that's relationships, if that's health and vitality, if it's emotional prosperity, whatever the case might be. And everything in life is discretionary. So when we start to look at the amount of time that you can allocate towards any single venture, the universe has blessed you with 24 hours. And at midnight last night, the clock reset. You know, if you want to call it the hourglass or the day glass was tipped over. And so you started a new day. Well, if you spent the first six of it from midnight to 6 a.m., sleeping, that's six hours of your production time. Now, why does this become important? 
people start to freak out over scarcity. And so they're going, okay, then I'm just looking for the balance, Chuck. I'm looking for the balance. I'm teetering on the edge. And I go, okay, tell me what's moving when you're in balance. Show me. And the truth is, it's static. That's called getting by. That's called survival. That is called, right now, I'm living in stasis. The people that are the most successful in life not only have outcomes and goals, but those outcomes and goals are predicated on, well, Simon Sinek would call it the golden circle. And this is kind of a really cool concept. He figured out everybody can tell you what they're doing. Everybody. The next group of people on the inside of that circle, so that's the outer circle, 50% of the people can tell you how they do it. But only about 10% of the people can tell you why they do it. The most successful people, entrepreneurs, businessmen, billionaires, start with the why first. Why? Because they're there to help shape and model the world. They're there to go ahead and influence and create value. How they do it, oh, we have a systematic, a systematic way where we look at our SOPs, our standard operating procedures, and our job descriptions. And Oh, gosh, we drill down. And we make sure that there's all the characteristics and value proposition within the organization. And then the what is, boy, here are the action steps. So when we get deliberate and we start to understand that we are where we place our focus, where focus goes, energy flows. And one of the things that the brain does not applaud is negativity. It doesn't. In fact, if I tell you, don't look for the elephant in the room. Look around, but don't see the elephant. Well, what's everyone looking for? The elephant. And that's because it doesn't discern between black or white. It's just looking for the evidence. Well, this is where I go. Now, let's go ahead and look for the positive then. Because if I'm not looking for the elephant, I'm going, there's the elephant. I see it. We're creating the elephant. We're growing the elephant. We're raising the elephant. Now, my focus is there. So if for someone, prosperity, and it's whatever your definition of prosperity, no different than success, prosperity, success to me, is having the imbalance of being deliberate about the direction that we're heading in. Yes, but so... So you, what, I, what you're saying is that we have to be deliberate. We have to understand what our purpose is, what our why is. Correct. So where is that more toward leaning to the personal or the work life? No, both. Because every business, if you're B2B or B2C, so business to consumer or you know business to business, they're all made up from P2P. They're all people to people. And so if you're not good at managing your state with people and the energy and building rapport – and being able to get into a synergistic flow, then what you're going to start to find is that the aggregate is, is that now you're getting by. Most people, you know, we hear this in business a lot. We talk about imposter syndrome. And people go, oh, I'm an entrepreneur. Oh, I'm a leader manager. It's like, well, that's great. Do you love doing it? Is that who you really are? Or are you, are you actually more of the magician and the artist that loves creating products and, and processes and, and engagements with people? So when we start to say being deliberate, I'm looking at it from the standpoint of fulfillment. If you're fulfilled personally, it's kind of like putting the oxygen mask on yourself before you put it on someone else. So many people are operating at a deficit, and they're an employee. They're following the protocol. They're doing what's being asked of them. And so they're what we call adaptively conscious. They are able to go ahead and do the task. But the turnover ratio, especially when we look at millennial and millennial generations, is so high, and they normally don't keep a job for more than a couple of years because they just get so burnt out. Right. So they can do anything that they're taught. 
But where they're missing, to your point in the beginning of this, was they're missing fulfillment. So many people are trying to apply the science of success to the art of fulfillment. And they're finding that people have a lot of money, but boy, they are miserable. Relationships are floundering. Divorce rate is up to like 65% on average now. You know, long-term relationships, what's that? In fact, people are even talking about being polyamorous. Not that I have, I'm not judging it. I'm just saying because they have a challenge with commitment. And it all comes down to something very fundamental. If you don't feel worthy, then you will do what you need to do in order to find a measure of worthiness. Mm-hmm. But if I keep saying, don't, you know, there's a, there's a, an adage that people use. And they say the fastest way to get in an accident is to drive around looking in the rear view mirror. Most people are looking at their past. They're not seeing what's in front of them. In fact, they're not even present where they're actually taking in what's happening right at that moment. So if you're constantly looking in the rearview mirror, you're gonna your your focus is way out of whack. Yeah, and I think what you're also saying too, when it comes to that balance thing, because people are, you're saying if you're you're not gonna have a, a perfect harmonic balance, and if you do, no. you're kind of staying stagnant. You sometimes sometimes the it has to be more uh, geared toward your purpose and your work life, and then there's probably other times it sounds like you're saying where if your work life gets out of control and you don't have anything else for anybody else. And your personal life is in shambles. You got to come back to the other side, but it's never going to be in perfect balance. It, it, it never is. In fact, it's kind of like the yin and yang symbol. If you think of the yin and yang symbol, it's actually spherical, and it actually is a teardrop shape. It actually denotes that it's in motion, that there's a larger side and a smaller side, but inside each one of those larger sections with the tail, you know, curved, is that there's the opposite energy. So. It, what we're looking at is, is that there's a polarity that starts to be created from this. It's not one thing, it's everything. So I had this, and I can give a very quick example of this. So about eight, eight, nine years ago, I was coming home from work and I was involved in a number of different enterprises. And at this time I was putting in over a hundred hours a week and I'm exhausted. My wife, you know, just wants to have conversation, but my word bank, I'm at a deficit at this point. You know, the 25,000 words that I had for the day I've used on every single freaking client every client engagement, every video conference call, I am spent. And then on top of it, my children, all three of them, want to play because dad is like the human jungle gym. You know, he's comedic relief. This is the fun guy on the weekend. Well, I'm so spent. I'm like, kids, I just need to go. Dad needs to go change and freshen up. And I was done. Well, the truth was, I started asking myself, how was it I was giving the best of me to everybody else but the people that matter the most in my life, the ones I absolutely adore would give my life for in a millisecond, were getting what was left of me. And so I started this mantra, this affirmation, my family and I deserve the best of me and not what's left of me. Mm. There's, it's not, it was not about balance. It was about being deliberately focused. I am going to deliver for my family. I'm going to show up for every client and create the value proposition that is off the charts. And I'm also going to create an engagement where you know, using all NLP techniques, you know, social conditioning, hypnotherapy, you know, mirroring and matching, leading and pacing. We're going to go ahead and build rapport with these folks. But with my family, I need to be absolutely present because the gift that they're looking for and the value that they want, they don't want another present. My wife's not interested in me bringing more roses home. She wants a hug and a kiss and a genuine conversation of being present where we can go over her day. So she can share with me what was most important in her universe. My kids just want to play and have fun and laugh. 
And that's yes. my privilege is to be a husband and a father. So they get the best of me. My clients are getting really high value as well. But I know to reserve the tastiest wine, the best meal for those that I love the most. One of the things that you guys are doing, are you're, you're obviously helping, your mission is to help people in, in family, faith, fitness, a bunch of areas of their life, spirituality, uh, kind of just that, that full total, totality of the circumstance, kind of creating this, this best life, quote unquote. Um, so you're dealing with a lot of people that probably do come from success or are, are doing good things and they, they on paper that everything looks great, but so often they're missing a major thing or a major theme in their life. What's, what's like the major common theme? I know everyone's different, Chuck. But what's yes. a common theme when people are coming to you that you say, hey, this person's missing this and we need to we need to get working on this area? You know, there's a fundamental fear that all of us have, and it's the fear of not being enough. Oftentimes in our businesses, because we get them so automated and we have a team, that we end up finding that people can start to lose their identity. So one of the things that we do at YBL, at Your Best Life, is we do look at faith family, fitness, and finance, because in that kind of, if you want to call it the four quadrants of life, there's a lot of identity that goes along with that. Who are you showing up as in your relationships? Who are you showing up with as uh, in your faith? I mean, which is something that's really floundering for a lot of people right now. They're really struggling with how to find that moral compass for self. Not that their morals are being challenged. It's that the guidance, if you will, who are their role models? Who are they looking at to mentor them? So. In that space, when we start to look at what's missing, this topic of worthiness and what it means to feel worthy, do you feel worthy of success? There are people who will sabotage their businesses because they have a fear of growing too fast. So they'll actually you know, turn on the heaters to get it up to 73 degrees. And then when it starts getting to 75, 76, 77 degrees, you know, I go, man, we're on fire now. Boy, we're making it happen. And then they will go ahead and open the windows. They will go ahead and release the pressure. They'll open the doors. They'll slow down. They'll cool the space off. Why? Because, boy, when they get outside of comfort, they start to feel unworthy. And this challenge of unworthiness can fall, make you fall prey in all different aspects. There are people who are converting, and they're like, going, man, I've had this business for 35 years, and it's been great. I am freaking tired, though. And so now they want to move into being a business owner. Well, they, I am an owner. No, you're an owner-operator. And you have not figured out a way to recuse yourself and to duplicate what you do so that way you can actually have the experience, which is the other big fleeting aspect of life, which is time. Time is the constant burn rate. It doesn't make a difference. If you're exercising, eating a meal, on vacation, playing, having fun, frolicking, making love, doing business deals, having conversations, every single time you engage, you are burning time. You are investing time. It's the one thing that is a constant burn rate. And yet it's the one thing that most people squander most often. They're not deliberate. They're not on purpose. Their schedules willy-nilly. They weigh over leverage how much time it takes to actually schedule a phone call or a meeting. Boy, that took 15 minutes. Yeah, you blocked out an hour. Where, what'd you do with the net, you know, the net 45 to 55 minutes that you had? And they can't account for it. Right. 
So how do you guys, so back to your example, you gave a couple examples. One was about people not feeling worthy. Their business is growing. Yeah. I'm getting scared. Holy shit. Pull the plug. <laughs> We're going to sabotage this thing just because it's the, the, it's heating up and I don't feel like I deserve this. Uh, yeah. You also talked Absolutely. about, you also talked about the business owner who hasn't put the right people, systems, processes in place to basically transition out of the day-to-day operations, still own the business, but maybe have other people do all the heavy lifting. So those are two different examples. The first well, one that they you are. talk the first one, Chuck, that you talk about when you say that these people don't feel worthy. You've worked with these people. What are you guys yeah. doing to get them back on track so that they change the mindset? Great question. So we actually go through a, a very simple process of value identification. And what that means is that it's situational specific. See, we have different parts of our identities. So as an example, the person you are in church is probably not the person that is the same person in the boardroom. The person in the boardroom that's running meetings is probably not the same person in the bedroom. At least I hope not. Uh, because barking orders does not necessarily provide a very stable relationship for passion. <laughs> uh, and, and so when we start to look at ecology and environment, we start to understand what your personality is like. So we actually will run disc models with people as well. We'll find out are they a high ID, which is dominant. Uh, how do they express themselves? Are they a high I, an influencer? Are they a high S, which are looking for more security and, and steadiness? Or are they a high C, which is more computation and it's actually more about analytics? You're talking you know, about a it, disc analysis, correct? That is correct. Yeah, okay. And so we look at this, but we also look at it from a situational specific place. The reason being is, again, you may have some core identities around your values, but the truth is, is that if you're using the same techniques that you use in the boardroom because you've been such a successful business person and you're taking that home to parent your children and to establish a relationship with your wife, I can invariably guarantee you you're going to have some issues and because the languaging is different, the context is different, the intention and energy is different. See... So we go through this process again where we go, here's your disc model, but let's look at it a different way. Let's start off and we're just going to use your hand. We're going to make your thumb your why. We're just going to look at your thumb and go, okay, how do I need to feel most often today? Because the truth is, when you understand how you need to feel, you'll actually start to disseminate and actually digress or regress out of some of the things that you want. Most people are chasing wants and not fulfilling needs. You need oxygen. You need water, you need food, you need shelter. But the last human condition, though, which is imperative, is we all need love and connection. One of the things that the human condition has. It's also based on the six human needs, certainty, uncertainty, love and connection, growth, and contribution. The only one that actually migrates over into both of those arenas, which is the critical factor, is love and connection. So most people are aspiring to connect with other people. They desire passion. But if they don't have that in the relationship, they'll settle for connection and you become roommates. Most people aspire for prosperity in their business. But if the bills are being paid, they'll go ahead and say, oh, well, I'm getting mine. We're doing okay. And we go into this level of comparison with other companies. Not to look at them for inspiration, to just go, hey, they're doing all right. We're doing all right. I'm getting mine. I'm getting by. We're surviving. And that, so the litmus standard now when we start to look at life is, are you thriving or surviving? But when you understand the why, then we're going to negate going to outcomes and goals. What we're actually going to do is we're going to say, what direction your index finger, so next to your thumb, the thumb is the why, prosperity, 
value, connectivity, philanthropy. You know, these are all the ways I need to feel. Great. What direction do we need to be going in in order to actually fulfill and feel that way? I'm happy anytime I. I am, you know, uh, philanthropic anytime I. And it might be having conversations, connecting with people, you know, having fun. It's all these different elements. It's like, wow, that makes a lot more sense. But the thing that's the largest factor in all of this is your middle finger. And that is your state. Who's showing up? What do you need to remember? I am a loving guided gift from God. I am intelligent. I have a sense of humor. I am driven. I am passionate. Ah, yes. What do we need to let go of? Because if we're going to go ahead and own what we are, we also need to actually own what we need to let go of. Maybe it's judgment. Maybe it's beratement. Maybe it is procrastination. What is it that's been holding us back and keeping us from actually having the experience and the journey that we wish to have? But when we have the thumb, the index finger, and the middle finger, so we actually have our why, our direction, and our identity intact, then we get at the ring finger, and that's where we come up with outcomes and goals. Because it's a body, mind, spirit experience. You're not just using a cognitive thought to come up with an artificial outcome. Most people's failing come from starting with the ring finger first. And they go, hey, we're going to go ahead. We did. We increased sales by 150% last year. We're going for 200% this year. Okay. Um, how many times have you done this? One time. We had two huge orders last year. Uh, are you going to get those same orders again this year? No, we're not relying on that. But, dude, you know, if, if, you, don't, if you don't shoot big, you'll, you're always going to go ahead and, and fall short of the mark. Okay. Why? Well, your why is going to be because, boy, won't we be so much more happy when we have all those dead presidents in the bank? Well, we have more capacity. We have more cash. And then so we're going to take mammoth action, and the pinky is the mammoth action. Well, there's this gap. The index finger and the middle finger are missing. You're missing direction, and you're missing identity. So what happens is now the brain, when you don't hit the goal 100%, that, that ring finger, pass or fail. If you get 99% of the way there to your goal and you didn't hit the mark, your brain will tell you you failed. And it's the freakiest thing. So and that, and that ties into the unworthiness, the undeserving feelings? Absolutely, because again, you're like, what, again? Man, we got so close. I'm like, oh, whoa, 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 you got 99% of the way there. Why are you beating yourself up? This is crazy. Look at all the capital. Look at the retention. Look at your net gain. Look mm. at the happiness of the people. But if you're doing this on the bodies of other people and you're just killing folks to hit a number that was artificial, that wasn't rooted in reality, and now that you're complaining and actually berating other people and, and you know chopping them down as well as yourself and your identity is crushed because you didn't hit 100%, wow, we need to come up with a better way of, you know, goal mapping because this is not working. Talk the to us about some of the... Oh, talk, go ahead. I'm sorry, please. Go, yeah, Chuck, talk to us about some of the, the events you guys do. I've looked at your website, yblnow.com. We'll, we'll link that up in the show notes. And you oh, guys have you. done some really incredible retreats. I've seen you there, Chuck, on the videos, dancing with the people and doing your thing <laughs> and having a good time. So yes, talk sir. to us a little bit about what these retreats are for, what who they're tailored for, and really yes, even more so, the 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 types of success stories, the, the spirituality, the emotional rewards that these people are walking away with. 
Well, we, we base the four trips on faith, family, fitness, and finance. We're getting ready to have our finance trip in February. And we're headed up to Vail. And it's a, you know, I, I will say it's a five-star experience. We fly up, we meet and greet, we hang out, and we've brought in three remarkable speakers uh, in the realms of capital investment and financing and raising VC money for different types of projects. We have a very dear friend of mine, Mr. Steve Linder, who is the most remarkable person when it comes to the psychology of how to create uh, insane value in marketplaces. He actually started a company that ended up becoming E-Trade that he sold for, you know, decamillions. Uh, it was remarkable to, to see him go through this process. And then we have Dean Innes, who's going to talk about uh, uh, the economy and where we're going and what we're looking at, you know, for the first quarters of next year. We're looking to be able to provide insight and state's evidence that gets people connected together. We're only in session for about four hours a day. The rest of the day we play. We go out. We're going to be skiing and snowboarding and frogging and hot tubs and, you know, tobogganing and doing all these different things. What we started to find was people that are functioning at the highest level are looking for a peer group. And oftentimes we will get attracted to different environments based on being like-minded. So I spent 22 years in the Tony Robbins environment. I was a senior trainer for Mr. Robbins, a volunteer trainer. Let me be very clear. I was not an employee of the company. And what was cool about this is that being out in that industry, being in that field, you could start to see influence in people. Well, it's like it helped me raise my bar in my life, and the level of fulfillment went through the roof. We started looking at it going, okay, cool. What are people really looking for? Well, they connect. They go, ah, did you see that too? I saw it as well. Oh, I like the way you think. So like-mindedness starts to bring people together. What we start to find is, is that the way people play together is where you start to find out where the value systems are. That's how, how you play life is how you live life. I've seen people that are completely different in business, but boy, you get them in an, a sports environment or an activity environment, a social environment, man, they become an entirely different person. And so we started looking for like-heartedness, where values and rules and morality started to align together. And so our community, literally, we're capped at 100 members. We are not growing it past that. We are keeping it at 100 members. We travel four times a year in faith, family, fitness, and finance. We have gone to the Maldives. We've gone to Greece. We've gone to Costa Rica. I mean, we've had the most epic adventures. Yeah, talk Swam a little bit about sharks. that, Chuck. I, I'm sorry to interrupt you. Talk about the, the Maldives trip, for example, because I was watching some of the video highlights from that trip. I, it, yeah, you guys so, you guys say you're in, you're in classroom sessions, for lack of a better word, for several hours a day. And the rest of the day is is team building, bonding, opening up to each other. Talk about some of those experiences, because I've seen people getting emotional in those settings. Oh, absolutely. So this was actually a fitness trip, <laughs> if you can believe it. We had the, the godfather of biohacking, Dave Asprey, who happens to be a member of our community now. We also had J.J. Virgin, who is an epic, epic uh, uh, physiologist and nutritionist, and she was on board and there with her husband, Tim. People are getting emotional because there are folks that have billions of dollars and they've spent the first half of their life making all this money. Well, you know what they're doing the second half of their life? Spending all the money to get their health and vitality back, to actually feel alive again. And so it's been interesting to see this dichotomy of people, they think they have this artificial ideology. They have this goal of what financial success is or what it means to be successful. And they don't feel worthy because now they have all this freaking money and they don't have the energy to enjoy it. So the emotions that were coming around through these processes were, hey, we're going to go and we're going to actually have, 
you know, a, a, a sound meditation and we're going to go ahead and get together and commune and enjoy the beautiful Maldives weather. We're going to go ahead and swim with nurse sharks, which, by the way, get, you know, 12, 13 feet. Um, I'm only 5'8", dude. I mean, I'm like a morsel to this thing. And so I'm going to go chum, babe. <laughs> but the truth is, when you dance, when you learn to dance with your fear, when you learn to dance with uncertainty and you understand that there's so much more that's available to us. So we also do at every single event, we do an impact project. In this particular case, we actually replanted coral in the Maldives. The coral reefs are dying due to global warming, whatever you believe as far as science is concerned, but the reefs are dying. So we actually stick our claim and we actually replanted coral that is going to cultivate and grow in these coral reefs and beds. And so for generations, people will be able to see this and enjoy the beauty of the Maldives. So these trips are postulated and formulated to be able to take away huge lessons. We did one in Park City, Utah for fitness, and we actually went to the Olympic Village, and we got to meet with the then, this was in uh, late summer, those folks that were going to actually be in the Orient competing at the Olympic Games, and they were the ones that are actually doing the, the jumping. And so it's like, oh, my gosh, you know, I mean, you're watching these people do these aerials into the pool, and then they're coming in and telling us about, you know, their training curriculum and where their focus is and, and what it takes to actually achieve. It's, it's like, hey, we do a lot of the same stuff in business. We do a lot of the same stuff as parents. We do a lot of the same stuff as people who are looking to achieve a higher level of health and vitality. And yet it still takes a community to do so. No person is alone in this world. No person, not even Elon. Not even Elon, the great Elon Musk. You know, he has people. He has a system. He has support. So, the, the, you know, the concept is, is that you will move further, farther, faster if you know someone actually cares about you. And one of the things that we found is that when you're with a group of like-hearted people, there's no judgment. Mm. Not that they don't measure, but they don't judge you. They it's a support safe space. you. It's a safe space. They, you can play unadulterated and you do not have the fear of being oh, I lost or you there you are judged in any way shape or form you are there with family and mm. that I have found is so systemically different because now you're willing to talk about everything there's nothing taboo right. nothing what yes. is what do these events do for you oh. spiritually emotionally personally etc I will say this, not only do I learn the skills, which are so imperative, what I actually take away from this is that I feel so much more fulfilled and connected. You actually, oh, can you hear me now? Yeah, you're, you're going in and out now, but that's okay. We'll, we'll, we'll clean this up. There we go. I, I apologize. It's my car trying to pick up and off. So oh, okay. what I was saying was I come home feeling full. I feel connected because I know that I'm not doing this by myself. And here's the other part. There's accountability because you have... When you're being your best, you will always do your best. It's a great quote. That's a fantastic quote. And, and that's so fitting and, and so perfect. YBLnow.com, your best life. Who are the type of people that should be looking at you guys? Because I know you have a vetting process. Who's the type of person that, that should be using your services to better their lives? Anyone who is looking to elevate and go to the next level. Anyone who's looking to grow their business, to live a more fruitful life, to live a life of prosperity and happiness and to be able to engage where you're going, listen, I've spent all the time and money. It's time to start enjoying myself and have some adventures. 
So if you're looking to make some magic moments, if you're looking to have a weekly engagement, because in our environment, you get four mentor strategist sessions a month. You can actually do it in business, in relationship, in faith, family, fitness, and finance. We have every week a speaker spotlight. Every Thursday morning, we get together, and we have a speaker spotlight at 10.30 a.m. Eastern, and we bring in guest speakers on one of these four pillars of technology, insights, distinctions, and you walk away with social media content, how to develop your brand, how to go ahead and hedge against uh, finances or taxes You know, moving forward in the future. We're not financial planners, but we have people who are doing this in their own lives, and they are getting remarkable, remarkable results. So why wouldn't we want to share that within the community? And we record all of these, so in their membership, they actually get to go ahead and watch this as many times as they want, replay it as many times as they want. Beautiful. So the beauty is it's a community, and we're happy to have a conversation with anyone who is looking to go to the next level. That's beautiful. It looks very interesting. Guys, check it out. We've linked them in the show notes, yblnow.com. You can learn more about Chuck, his team, his company, the mission, and see some pretty cool videos too. Hey, uh, Chuck, thank you so much for joining me. All the best to you. Likewise. Pleasure is all mine. Thank you for having me this morning.